He is the creator of all things, that he loves you perfectly. What does that look like on a daily basis for any emerging leader, What, no matter what industry you're in? If we can trust him that spending the beginning of our day, every morning with him, will bear fruit, not only in our marketplace or, or area of business, but it will bear fruit in our soul. Yes. Um, and, and instill joy in us and thankfulness in us in perspective, and it will give us a heart and a mind that's geared towards people. Welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. I'm Byron Tyler. Chris and Karen Conley are away, your usual host of Lead Like Jesus, and so they've asked me to step in for them, and I'm so glad to be able to do that. I work for a Christian radio network, been doing that for a number of years. Today, we are so privileged to welcome Kevin McGeorge. Kevin is a member of a private equity firm that his family's actually involved with that invests primarily in opportunities around the local Richmond, Virginia area. Kevin, welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. Well, thanks, Byron. I appreciate it. We were just kind of chatting off the microphone a moment ago. You were talking about Byron Nelson, because my name is Byron. You were talking about a story you were reading about a father and son taking a golf journey together around Scotland. That's right. That's right. It's a book just a friend recommended to me the other day, and I'm almost finished with it. It's called Final Rounds by James Dodson. and It's a story of a father and son as the father's up in age and his health is not well, and it's basically the final rounds of golf that they will get to spend together. They make a trip over to Europe and spend time in Scotland playing in all the famous courses, Carnoustie and Turnberry and the old course at St. Andrews, of course. And there's just this awesome connection between a father and son. And my relationship with my father is greatly rooted in the game of golf. And yeah, it's been an adventure. Who has the better handicap? (laughs) Well, dad's always asking for more strokes, even though he's a better golfer. So Chris Conley is going to be disappointed he didn't do this podcast because, you know, he went to the University of Memphis on a golf scholarship, and his dream was to be in the PGA one day before God detoured him into the ministry. That's what I um, I heard him say that at the Founders Weekend of Lead Like Jesus. And, you know, a big guy like Chris, as tall as he is and just kind of long, you know he has the ball. <laughs> oh, he does. got a swing, that's for sure. Well, Kevin, uh, you're sort of new to uh, the Lead Like Jesus work. How did you get introduced to this uh, great organization? I am new. So a big part of my heart is I just have a, a desire to be mentored by godly men who are, I guess, several generations ahead of me and in life and have lived a life and I told that to a mentor friend of mine who got me connected with a gentleman named Bobby Ucrop, who is a local businessman and philanthropist here in Richmond, Virginia, and just a well-known, humble family here in our city. And uh, I got quickly linked up with Bobby, and after kind of sharing a little bit about my story, literally within 20 minutes, he just kind of chimes in in our conversation and says, uh, Kevin, what's your address? And so I gave him my address, and after you know our conversation, which was wonderful, a few days later, uh, this invitation for the Lead Like Jesus Founders Weekend shows up in my mailbox. I'm going, Bobby, somehow you accidentally sent your invitation to Lead Like Jesus because this looks like something that you know, you, you're you supposed to go to. And he said, no, that's for you. And uh, so it kind of set me up to go to the Founders Weekend. So then your first initial impression when you attended that event. Yeah. So I actually had the opportunity. I spoke with uh, the leadership there leading up to it, Karen McGuire. Uh, we called her grandma the whole weekend. <laughs> I was out there with my cousin Joe, Joe May, who I believe will be on the podcast later on. Yes, he will. He and I are like brothers, and he lives out in Los Angeles, and I'm here on the other side of the country. And 
wanted to see if he had the opportunity to go with me, and they made that work. And so we really had no idea what to expect. Didn't go in with any preconceived notions, had no idea how many people would be there, what the weekend was going to look like. All I know is that it was like this kind of all-inclusive weekend at a hotel, this Omni Hotel in Palm Springs. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. I'm in. (laughs) Well, you've got an interesting story, Kevin, if we can back up a little bit. After college, uh, you went to work as a church youth minister, I believe. And were you thinking about going into the ministry at that time? So, yes, that is true. I I had no intention of of going to work at a church. The story goes that I grew up in a business-oriented family in the RV business my whole life here in Virginia and went to college to play soccer down in Myrtle Beach at Coastal Carolina and was misbehaving all throughout college, having a good time. About a year before I graduated, I was invited to go to visit this church in Wilmington, North Carolina, by a girl that I was very attracted to at the time. She invited me to this church, and I basically heard the gospel for the first time in my life, and my heart was really ready for it. So I was able to travel up to Wilmington often, which is only about an hour and a half drive from Myrtle Beach, and I was up there almost every weekend serving at this church and volunteering. And so through just serving at this church called LifePoint in Wilmington, North Carolina, I really learned the Gospels by teaching it to elementary school kids. I mean, four, five, six-year-old kids who were just the funniest little ones to be around. And I got to learn these Gospel stories that I had never really known growing up. So that's kind of how it all started. And after I graduated college, almost a year later, the pastors offered me a position on staff as an intern to kind of raise my own salary, come on staff, and I didn't know what they were going to do with me, but that was I think they just wanted me to be a part of, of what they had going on there. There must have been something about your relationship as a new follower of Jesus Christ that was contagious or very evident, I guess, maybe the desire to know more, to grow in that relationship? Yeah, you know, I probably have a very enthusiastic demeanor about me and get excited about things, but my salvation story, you know, is very authentic that I grew up in a family. It comes from a a wealthier side of Richmond, Virginia. I grew up going to a great school, had a lot of friends, had, I guess, everything or the majority of things that the world tells you you need for happiness and for joy. And there was just that, it was just missing on the inside. And so when I experienced Jesus really for the first time in my life, I... I mean, it was real and authentic and life-changing for me. And, you know, I'm just very open and transparent naturally. So they were walking alongside me throughout that whole year leading up to it. And I think there, I guess there was something attractive about that. They said, hey, we want this guy to be a part of our team. Let's go back to that beautiful girl. Anything materialized out of that relationship? <laughs> oh, I appreciate you asking. She is amazing. She's wonderful. She is not my wife, as you hear so many times um, <laughs> the stories envelop. But no, she actually was waiting on a boy that she had just started dating before she invited me to church, who was actually an Army Ranger captain. Oh, boy. He was over at war in Iraq at the time in Afghanistan. And when he came back, Captain America, I like to call him, he is the man. Uh, He's like the most perfect human being that I know. He came back and they fell in love and got married. And it was actually a really unique experience for me because I had to choose at that point, was I just going to church for her or was this my relationship with Jesus? Was it real? And am I going for him and serving for him and pouring into people for him? And so... 
I got to make that choice, and I believe I, I chose wisely. Well, it's interesting how God can use the leadership of beauty, beautiful girls in this case, because it happened similar in my life. Before I was a believer, there was a young lady who I was attracted to, and it wasn't just her outer beauty. There was something different about her inward beauty, and it was the beauty of Christ that attracted me, you know, and she would share these gospel messages and letters and put tracks in there, you know, and telling me about how much God loved me, and I didn't quite understand it all. But it's interesting how God can use the leadership of beauty to guide us. In this case, it was to make a, a right decision for you. Absolutely. I'm so grateful. She knows, and we keep in contact every now and again. She knows that I am extraordinarily grateful for her. Yeah, I mean, she is a huge part of my life story. Kevin, as I mentioned a moment ago as opening the program here on the Lead Like Jesus podcast, your story is quite interesting. Even as a young man, you, you've experienced a lot. You talked about the experience you had coming to know Jesus Christ. But soon after that, and even as you were involved with this youth ministry, you had an uncle in California who was faced with a crisis, and you mm-hmm. decided to move out to help him. Do you want to talk about that a minute? Yes. So I went out to California. I bought a one-way ticket thinking I'd be out there. This was in October of 2009. And bought a one-way ticket assuming I'd be out there for like two, three weeks helping out. My aunt was very sick. She was 39 years old. My uncle is my mom's youngest brother. He's about 16, 17 years older than I am. And we're just really close. So I came out to just help out and serve him in whatever capacity they needed. And the day after I got there, he came back from the hospital with his wife at the time, and the doctor just told him that she had about two weeks to live. That was obviously extremely difficult, and there was two little ones at home, my little cousins, who were three and six years old at the time. My uncle just looks at me and is like, I need your help. And so we did everything we could to try and keep her alive as long as we could and comfortable, and it was the most painful time, yet beautiful, and we had amazing encounters and times with with Jesus and with a great community. And about a month later, she passed away and went on to heaven. And again, obviously, that was extremely difficult, but at the same time, beautiful, knowing that she's going to spend eternity in heaven, and she is rocking out with Jesus right now. Wow. Um, What took place next was really a huge impact on my life. Again, my uncle had two little kids, and he was a fire captain in, in near the San Francisco area, which was about two and a half hours away from where he lived, so he would commute. And so for two to three days at a time, he'd be gone at work, and I was helping out taking care of the kids, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, soccer practice, gymnastics, you name it. We dubbed it, I was the Manny of the house. I was going to say, you can became a nanny or Manny, yeah. Uh, I was the Manny. Cousin Kevin was in the house. It was a <laughs> lot of fun, and it was a, a time of growth both for myself, my uncle, and for my little cousin. So it was awesome. And how long did you stay in there in California doing that service for your family? It was six months altogether. Yeah. And reflecting back over that, Kevin, what are some things you discovered about leadership, do you feel, through that journey? Yeah, that's a really good question. As I look back, my uncle was a huge influence on what it looked like at that stage in our lives to start your morning off with Jesus. He did an excellent job with that, and we really focused on our time with the Lord quietly, but also physically just being healthy and exercising every day and eating healthy and, you know, just trying to take care of our physical, mental, and spiritual, and even social side of our lives, you know, in a way that 
we felt like the Lord would be pleased with. So that was a huge impact on me at the time. What a great lesson, because, you know, oftentimes those in leadership roles, because of the stress, and, you know, they don't always eat healthy because you're on the goal, and you don't take care of your body. You don't have that physical activity you might need, and that really was a great lesson for you there. Yeah, and in his environment out in Menlo Park, California, where he was a firefighter, those guys, they all look like... I'll just say extremely healthy. They're all in really good shape and take care of themselves. And so that was like a part of his environment that he was used to. So he really taught me how to live a healthier lifestyle as well. Before coming to the Lead Like Jesus event you mentioned a moment ago, had you ever thought of Jesus as a leader? I had. Growing up, I've known Jesus since I was 22 years old. Ever since I've known him for the past 11 years, I've definitely looked at him as a leader. I think only thing that really hasn't stuck until relatively recently is that he's called to always lead, that I'm not supposed to try and take over. That's a great lesson to learn, especially in the early part of your life. You know, Kevin, many young leaders, I think, sometimes might have reservations about embracing and living out the leadership model of Jesus in the marketplace. Why do you suppose that is? Yeah, I think it's a natural thought feeling because simply just culture kind of doesn't really teach that or just not a huge part of our culture that Jesus is the leadership even in business and in the marketplace. It's more individual mentality saying, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that, which creates a, a great challenge when it comes to leadership in and of itself, this individual mentality versus this team mentality. And so I think that it is a difficulty when in the marketplace, when we're not spending every day with Jesus and trusting Him with our life, why else would we even think that way, so to speak? That's a great word there, Kevin. It sure is. Going back to the pressures that sometimes key leaders in companies face, finding time, managing time, it can be a challenge. And finding that place, that quiet place, you know, Chris is a pastor here in Memphis, Chris Conley, and he often talks about a priority time, putting that time as a priority to get alone with God. If I may just chime in on that, that's what took place at the Founders Weekend for myself and for my cousin Joe, is before any you know speaker got up and spoke, we walked into the main room and sat down at this table with these two couples, one couple probably around 50 years old, and the other couple was a little bit older. You know, that was exactly what we wanted. We saw these folks who you know, were generations ahead of us. It was like, yes, we get some like real awesome mentors in our life this weekend. And so when we sit down with this gentleman named Jimmy Blanchard, and I had no idea who Jimmy was at the time, we just started chit-chatting with him and felt this immediate connection. And just there was no barriers of relationship there. It was just very transparent and honest conversation. And I like kind of immediately looked at him like a grandfather. I never grew up with grandparents. I think there's been that void in my life for a long time, and just that, that desire to have one. And so when talking to Jimmy, my cousin Joe chimes in and goes, Jimmy, you kind of seem like you got most of life figured out. I mean, your wife's right here. She loves you. Life is good. It sounds like your kids always want to be around you and your grandkids. That, to, to us, is very fruitful, and that sounds like the best part of life, like the best fruit that life could give you. And so Joe said, what's the key to your life? And Jimmy said this cool little story, this amazing story. He said when he was about 30 years old, he was the CEO of a, of a bank. He had his wife and his children. And I believe I'm able to say this because I know they share this story. But his wife, when he came home from work one day, said to him, you need to get your heart right with the Lord or me and the kids are out of here. 
basically this isn't what we signed up for. This isn't what you and I have talked about. Because he was basically married to the bank at the time. Yes. So Jimmy said that it was that stage in his life, which was over 40 years ago, he said at that stage in his life, he committed that he would spend every morning with Jesus. And when I heard that, when I heard him say that, just the position that he was in, and I didn't really know anything about him, but just, just his demeanor, his persona, I just trusted him. And something in my heart kind of erupted and just connected to what he just said. And I said, that's it. That's all <laughs> I needed to hear was that I need to spend and commit, just make that commitment to Jesus, no matter what, to spend every morning with him. I have, and it's been amazing ever since. Well, Kevin, you know, Jimmy Blanchard has been a previous guest on the Lead Like Jesus podcast, which you're on right now. And so he shared that story, and it is an incredible story. Wow, thanks for reminding us. It's been a while since Jimmy was on the show, but yeah, thanks so much for reminding us of that truth. Now, you eventually made your way back home to Richmond, Virginia, as you mentioned, in November of 2010 to begin working with your family's RV dealership. During that first seven years back, the company became the second largest RV dealership in the world. I mean, what do you attribute that to? (laughs) God is good, man. He's really good. We had an incredible team of people that kind of came together at a period of time. So my father started an RV dealership in Richmond in 1973 with his father. For a short period of time, his father was involved and unfortunately got sick and passed away a few years later. But my father ran this business for 25, 30 years on a lot of owner's energy. And at the time that he was really getting exhausted after he put, obviously, his time, his work, his blood, sweat, and tears into it, he brought in some key leaders from the industry that he was friends with and were incredible leaders themselves. We kind of just assembled this team and I was fortunate enough to come in at that same time as I moved home from California in 2010. Things just started to really work well where we were extremely committed to training on a daily basis. We trained and trained and trained some more consistently, never got away from it all on customer service training and how to treat people and how to love people. And I had a background in ministry where I had worked at LifePoint Church in North Carolina for a year and a half. And so I kind of brought this mentality of of just loving people right when they come in the front doors, just like you would at church, except they're walking into an RV dealership. And so I got to play a role in the hospitality and how to treat people and love people. And, and of course, not only do you treat customers that way, but you treat your employees that way. Again, we just had amazing leadership from the top all the way through the company. And my brother and I got to play a role in that. It's pretty amazing when you have a good, solid foundation in something, and then you have good, healthy, strong, consistent leadership and people who are willing to go the extra mile and train on a daily basis, even sometimes when you don't feel like it, to see what takes place was, I mean, it was literally amazing. Well, you can never undertrain, I don't think, when it comes to loving people and hospitality, really a missing ingredient in a lot of companies across America today. It really is. It's almost, I don't want to say comical, but it's kind of silly in the fact that some people just forget that people, no matter who they are, just need to feel loved and significant and valued. And whether they're walking into a coffee shop or doing a huge business deal or you know anything in between, 
there's always an opportunity to serve somebody and love somebody. It is a matter of learning how to treat people, and there's nothing wrong with loving people and being hospitable. No, it's the best, really. Well, Kevin, back in April of last year, your family sold the RV dealership to Camping World. Did you go out and buy an RV and retire? <laughs> no, I. Um, my brother and I, the only RV I've ever purchased on my own, my brother and I bought it a few years ago. It came in on trade-in, and it's a 1969 Airstream. Oh, my. Bullet. So we're still trying to decide what we're going to do with it, but... That's the only RV that any McGeorge still has. You've got to keep it. (laughs) We will. We will. Turn into some coffee shop or something. It'll be fun. Kevin, what do you see as some of the biggest leadership challenges facing emerging leaders at your age today? Mm, Yeah, there's only one word that just jumps out at me, and it's trust. For anybody, and probably any generation, it's difficult to trust. It's difficult to trust someone you don't see all the time, someone who you can't always hear his voice, and someone who culture is telling you doesn't exist. You know, there's so many things that are wanting our attention and our time distracting way. Truthfully, the only way to really have a healthy relationship with Jesus is by trusting that he is who he says he is, that he is the creator of all things, that he loves you perfectly. What does that look like on a daily basis for any emerging leader, What, no matter what industry you're in? If we can trust him that spending the beginning of our day every morning with him will bear fruit, not only in our marketplace or or area of business, but it will bear fruit in our soul. Yes. um, And and instill joy in us and thankfulness in us in perspective. And it will give us a heart and a mind that's geared towards people. And so the way that I kind of just see, you know, the marketplace or just our, our world is, of course, people are getting away from relationships and getting more towards their, you know, cell phone or computer or what have you, what that really does is give us an amazing opportunity to be a light in whether you call it a dark place or just a dull environment. Yes. Where when when we spend our time with Jesus and he fills us up and he's our source uh, for everything, it gives us the opportunity to love people better and see what God wants to do in their heart. So I really want to just say trust. I like that because I really believe that kind of parallels with my next question and something that's really on your heart. We talked about it a moment ago when it comes to being mentored. You talked about the man who really invested and poured into your life, mentored you, and which is in return something that you have been quite involved with. Can you share some examples possibly of some mentoring time maybe where you poured into individual lives of others that have resulted in real life change. You've seen a difference because of the time invested in the mentoring you've done. You know, it's pretty amazing. After we sold the dealership about a a year ago, just over a year ago, here I am 33 years old and, you know, asking myself, what am I going to do next? Through this commitment and spending time with Jesus, I feel as if not only as if I'm trusting him, he's trusting me to whom much is given, much is required kind of mindset. And he knows that he can trust me to speak into the next generation and even my current generation and, you know, whoever God wants to bring into my life. And so I feel like it's the majority of my week now is God keeps bringing men into my life who just want to have a conversation and talk about life and, and I guess, you know, be mentored in a sense to what avenue God's got them going in. And so, you know, there's countless examples of relationships being healed and 
just hearts being healed, whether we're, we're dealing with father issues, whether we're dealing with just relationship issues, challenges at work, or, you know, decision, decisions on what future job someone may want. I'm trying to think of something specific off the top of my head. I might need a minute for that. Well, no, I think going back to that trust, you talked about trusting Christ with our lives. And we have, as we're being mentored or mentoring others, there's that, again, that trust comes back into the relationship. You've got to trust the person that is leading you and mentoring you. And then you also, as that relationship's develop, I mean, it's all based on trust. That's right. No, it really is. And two, the goal of mentoring, don't you see it? Not only to help encourage and build others up as you invest time in them, but they are also being trained to continue the process and invest in other lives. Absolutely. I mean, what comes from the head flows down and you kind of get out of things what you put into them. Just sitting here thinking about how so often when it comes to mentoring or just, just influencing anybody, just spending time with anybody, we, I say we, I'll, I'll speak for myself, the fact that so often we may see something another person can improve on a certain area, and my flesh is very quick to tell them what to do versus speaking life into who they are. Wow. It is so much yeah. different because God is constantly telling us who we are in Him, how much we are loved by Him, how much He can use us if we just trust Him. Uh, just the impact that we can have not only on our own lives, but on many other lives as we trust Him. And so what I feel like God is doing in me currently is changing my dialogue and my mind and my heart to seeing people and viewing people as He does and communicating to them that way that, hey, I know you're struggling with this or that, but this is what God sees in you, and He sees this in you. And as you start to act this way, the reason why he wants this for you, God always gives us insight and understanding as to what he's trying to create us to be. He gives us vision to see, you know, the, the fathers and mothers that we're going to be, the husbands and wives we're going to be, the brothers and sisters that we can be. And so there's a reason why he does the things he does. Kevin, what a great way to wrap up this Lead Like Jesus podcast today. Who would not want to follow someone who values them as a person? Again, not just condemning and pointing fingers and trying to get somebody to do better if they're not going the right way, but accepting them, approving them for who they are, the value of who they are. And that's why we want to follow Jesus Christ, because he looks at us that way. What a great story. Thank you so much for joining us on this Lead Like Jesus podcast. Is there any resources that you might offer or ones that you recommend that you feel would benefit our listeners? Well, of course, the Lead Like Jesus book, which I know y'all certainly promote every every week, I'm sure. Something that, for all my girlfriend buddies out there, if you haven't read Ken's book, The Mulligan, it was given to me about a year ago by a PGA Tour pro named Billy Hurley III. That has greatly impacted my life, and especially the way I view the game of golf, that it's a game of life first. And so I've just really enjoyed doing that, and then... Of course, spending time with Jesus every morning, I recommend the Gospels are a great place to hang out (laughs) and do what He wants to do in your life. Yeah. Is there a way listeners can reach out to you for further advice or any questions they might have? Sure. I mean, I guess the best way to initially contact me is my email, kevinmcgeorge at gmail.com. kevinmcgeorge at gmail.com is the address. 
And Kevin, thank you so much for your example of leading like Jesus by investing your life into mentoring others to be more like Jesus. Glad you could join us today. Oh, thank you so much, Byron. I had a blast. If you would like more information on mentoring those in your organization based on the leadership model of Jesus, we welcome hearing from you. Be sure and stop by leadlikejesus.com and discover an incredible resource waiting for you. On behalf of Chris and Karen Conley, your usual host for this podcast, I'm Byron Tyler, the producer of the show, filling in. Have a wonderful day.